You're listening to Bear Books Bite Size. It's a bite-sized podcast for a flash fiction story. I'm April Berry, your host, and Daisy Ray will be narrating this story from Richard John Thornton, titled Not Forgotten After All. I was named Mabel. I didn't choose my name. It is what it is and I'm stuck with it. And if I sound fed up already, that's because I am. It's 15 years since Mum put me in the darkness and shut the loft hatch. I've not seen a glimpse of her or a glimmer of daylight in all that time. I only get to see shafts from the bulb in the landing light once a year. Well, twice a year actually. Once in December when the Christmas decorations are retrieved and then once in January when they return next to me with the rest of the household's unwanted history. It's not the loneliness that's the problem. After all, there are plenty of other cast-offs littering the attic space, such as the teddy bears poking out of the bin liner and her brother's action man collection spilling over the rim of their cardboard box. But in truth, the conversation isn't overstimulating. After all, we are all suffering the same penance whilst trying to keep one another company. The sense of isolation and enforced solitude is something I learned to adapt to after a decade of being fussed non-stop. It's the endless feeling of rejection that really hurts. Yet despite my upset, I am a firm disbeliever and refuse even now to concede that my usefulness has expired. No one could love me the way Mum did and then get bored overnight. No one could be so callous as to spend every waking day and night by my side only to decide that I am now entirely disposable. After all, I was top dog once. Mum was besotted with me and took me absolutely everywhere with her. Except school, of course, I wasn't allowed to go there. Yet I could tell Mum was upset to leave me every weekday morning. And similarly overjoyed to pick me up out of my cot on a return home each night. The permanent look on Mum's face was one of pure joy. Every other opportunity that arose, I would be there as her comforter and protector. Weekdays were the best, when I would do the rounds in my pushchair, at the park, round the shops, at her grandparents, with her human friends on the street, watching her brother playing football, at the ice cream van, at McDonald's, at the pub with her parents, at all the birthday parties, at the cinema, in the back garden, in front of the TV. Mum's affection for me knew no bounds. She would push me everywhere. Lift me, cuddle me, carry me, exhibit me. I felt so important. I thought I was her everything. Because she was everything to me, we were like sisters bonded by circumstance. I had pride of place in her life. We were untouchable together. Then things changed dramatically. She suddenly changed. Our relationship changed. Our lives changed. My previously unquestioned status in her existence changed. Everything to nothing in one foul swoop, like the flicking of a switch. When I got relocated to the top of her wardrobe, it didn't bode well. A sign of things to come. 
Mum went to a friend's party. Not a birthday party, but a proper party. And I was told in blatant terms that I wasn't invited. My sense of desolation was heartbreaking. And during the period of weeks that followed that party, a gulf began to grow between us. I saw less and less of Mum as the months progressed. The omens weren't good at all. Then I would hear her on the phone. More boys, more social outings, more sleepovers, more laughing with mates, more dressing to impress, more makeup. And all this without me. This new beginning for Mum heralded the beginning of the end for yours truly. We were no longer codependents. I was no longer her soulmate. And she was evidently no longer interested in being mine. And then she leaves school, leaves home, Goes to university, relegation to the loft. Strewn among the rest of the scattered debris, this was the true acknowledgement that my tenure was over. No longer her cornerstone, I lost hope that the good times could ever return. I lost faith in myself as a friend and confidant, and not much else has changed in the decades since. Darkness, dismay and desolation that my final resting place could be here. And then one day, completely unexpectedly, the loft hatch opens. It can't be Christmas, not yet. The head that pops through the hatch is Mum's. I can tell because the torch she carries is giving fleeting hints of her profile. Her voice mumbles to someone on the landing below. Mum is looking for something and begins to rummage. The torchlight swishes this way and that as she endures her quest to locate the mystery prize. And then the torch rests on me. And Mum shrieks with delight at her success. Her voice lightens and she edges closer. The enthusiasm is back in her tone, just as it was all those years ago. And then realisation dawns. Mum was looking for me. And when she speaks... All of my fears and long-held reservations evaporate. Her words are a remedy for all my heartache. My eons of despair are vanquished with Mum's one single sentence. There you are, Mabel. Guess what? You're coming to my new house. I've told my husband all about you. I hope you've been okay. Do you think of that story? You can email us at contactus at bearbooks.co.uk or you can tag us on Twitter at bearbookspod1. If you would like your flash fiction to be read out on the podcast, you can email it to us at submissions at bearbooks.co.uk or again tag us on Twitter. Take care of each other till next time. <laughs>